0: The cross to the resurrection. And and here's the idea. You can't have Sunday without Friday. Right? We we can't get to Sunday without going through Friday. And so I wanna just speak for a moment today a little bit about what the cross has done for us. We talked last week about the significance of Palm Sunday. And then today I want to talk about the significance of the cross into the resurrection and what all that means for us as Christ followers. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you would say, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm listening, and you're here, so you might as well listen. Good? Good. All right, so here we go. So you read this scripture about the cross, Luke twenty-three thirty-three. When they came to the place called the school, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. That's Friday. That's what we go through on Friday. And then you shift gears into this amazing story about the resurrection, Luke 24, 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words when they came back from the tomb. They told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Yolana, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. (laughs) I've quoted this scripture more than you can imagine. I know. Peter, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for what this day represents to us. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would get me out of the way and that you would get in our way. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we go. Number one. Let's talk about the cross for a moment. The cross fixed the sin problem. Colossians 2, 13-15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which, took, which stood against us and condemned us, He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities... He made a public public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. What's the main thing the cross did for us? If we're going to talk about the resurrection, we've got to talk about the cross. The cross fixed our sin problem. Maybe you're here today and you think, I'm the only sinner in this place. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. No. No. The Bible says we we sin like sparks fly upwards. We're human, we're flesh, we have a carnal nature, we sin. And when Jesus died on that cross, the Bible is teaching us right here, he took care of the sin problem, having canceled the charge of our legal, the law, that we were in debt to. The Bible says that Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but so the law could be fulfilled through him. In other words, Jesus came to this earth and lived his life in a sinless way, in the way that we were created to live. See, something did some, someone else did something that made us sinners, and that was Adam and Eve. Someone else did something that made us righteous, and that was Jesus Christ. So Jesus came, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, took our death and sent him to the cross, placed in the grave, he rose from the grave on the third day, and, and he's coming back for us one day. So he fulfilled the law. Everything that we could not do, Jesus did for us, so that, He overcame the world so that we can overcome the world in and through Jesus. So you you think about this just for a second. Cancel the charge of any indebtedness which took against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Let's just start right there. How many of you, let's say you wake up tomorrow. I'm going to get an amen here from the 1 o'clock service. You watch. I guarantee you. Say you wake up tomorrow. Go to work, come home, and you go to the mailbox. And when you go to the mailbox, when you get home from work tomorrow, you open the mailbox, and there's a stack of letters like this. And you look at that first letter, and you see it's from your mortgage company. And you're like, oh. And you look at the rest of them, and you start going down. Oh, that's from Banana Republic. Oh, that's from The Gap. Oh, that's from Massacre. That's from Visa. That's and so you open the first letter, and it's your mortgage company. And, and that letter says, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, we are pleased to inform you that you no longer owe us any money. That's what I thought. Yeah. You no longer owe us any money. Your debt has been paid in full. Student loans? Anybody? Yeah? yeah get your little letter in the mail? No longer... We are pleased to inform you that no longer do you owe us any more money. Your debt has been paid in full. Just saying. Right? Space Coast Credit Union. We are pleased to inform you that no longer do you owe us any money. Your debt has been paid in full. See, we, we can get excited about that, can't we? Yeah, yeah, think about it. Go to the mailbox, some of you are going to go to the mailbox tomorrow and pray over that thing. <laughs> mm, God, let it be so. We can identify with that because this is the world we live in. We're people of flesh, and we're people who are in debt, and, and we're people who have to pay bills, and, and we're real people. But I would submit to you today, The greatest debt that could ever be paid was our sin debt, which allows us now to come back into good standing with God and spend eternity with God. I don't know why people don't get as excited about that as about their mortgage bill. Having canceled the charge of any legal indebtedness, nailed it to the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he fixed the sin Problem, And then moving into that, in perfect Jesus fashion, he disarmed the powers and authorities. In other words, the powers and authorities, demonic spirits, things of this world, addictions, he he demolished those. He disarmed them. In other words, when I'm walking with Jesus, I don't have to give in to the things of this world because they've already been disarmed. And here I am now, I'm walking in freedom, I'm walking in power. That's what Colossians is teaching us right here. And then, Jesus, He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. So the whole world, including the disciples, are going, He's losing. He's he's losing. He's getting crucified. He's losing. What's going on here? I thought we were making our triumphal entry into the city so he could set up his kingdom. And I was going to be at his right hand and you were going to be at his left. What's going on? They're killing the Savior of the world. And here Colossians is teaching us, you know what? In perfect Jesus fashion, he gave up his life so we could find ours. And here the world's going, you think he's losing, he's winning. Because what he's doing, he, he, he is winning over every power, over over every authority, over everything that you could even think or imagine that could be over you. Jesus overcame that so you can overcome that. That's good news. good news. Number two, talk about the cross just for one more moment. The cross brought grace and mercy. Grace, let's define grace. Grace is getting what I don't deserve, Mercy is not getting what I do deserve. Do you hear that? You got it? That's the difference between grace and mercy. Grace is getting what I don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what I do deserve. So on the cross, Jesus made it plain and simple. Humanity, us, God's children, look, you don't deserve this, but I'm going to give it to you. What you deserve is death because of the sin problem, but you're not going to get death. You're going to get eternal life if you put your faith in Jesus. Grace, Mercy. Romans 5, 6, and 8 puts it like this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to hear this. Sinners in the economy of heaven are worthless. you got to think about this for a second. God is holy. He can't be around sin. And therefore, there was no use for humanity after Adam and Eve did what they did. So humanity was separated from God because there was a sin problem. God, who is rich... And grace and mercy comes up with this idea of sending his only son to this earth to live a sinless life down on a cross so that grace and mercy can be found. Grace, getting what I don't deserve, mercy, not getting what I do deserve. I mean, when I was growing up, my parents believed in spanking. I mean, I, I know some of you guys don't believe in that. and that's Let me know how that works out for you in a few years. <laughs> it's, it's all good. My mom didn't really believe in spanking, but she was a torture with a high heel. Wham! <laughs> she listens to these, so she's going to love that. Yeah, she, she'd throw a shoe quick, and she was good at it too, man. She, she's, but I, but I, I can remember, I can but wait till your dad gets home. And I hated those words. My goodness gracious, I hated those words. And so, uh, and my parents didn't beat me or anything. I'm still here, but, you know. Um, I was just that type of child that the butt needed to be heated up every once in a while because I was, (laughs) and I'm still here, so, but, but, and I remember, you know, I don't even remember, I remember a couple times my dad spanking me, but this is what I remember about my dad disciplining me. This is what I remember. I can remember, wait till your dad gets home, hearing his work van pull up, the door slams, and you know he's been talking to my mom on the phone, and she's all stressed out. And she's like, do, 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 do. and so he's like, "Woman, well, I'm trying to work." Well, your kid's an idiot. And he's like, "Well, it's your kid too." So, and I can I, I can remember the door slamming upstairs. Comes in my room, and for dramatic effect, slams the door, and says, "Jason, did you really do that?" "Yes, yes, sir, I did." "Are you an idiot?" "Yes, sir." Yes, by all accounts, I am the chief idiot right now, Dad. <laughs> and, but the times I remember is when grace and mercy came, and he's like, and grace and mercy doesn't work all the time if there's never the other side of it because you don't appreciate it. But I remember him saying, hey, don't do that anymore. Your mom's driving me crazy, and you're driving her crazy, and between you and her, I'm crazy. And he would look at me and say, would, do, could you just promise me you won't do that again? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And then he would walk out and slam the door for dramatic effect again. And, and I, I remember one time I listened, and my mom was like, did you take care of him? And he's like, yeah, I took care of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's those times where I remember that, that grace and mercy coming together when I knew that I deserved, I deserved but I didn't get what I deserved. I got a father's love. And maybe you're here today and you've been raised in a certain way or you, you just don't, maybe, maybe you've got this skewed vision of God or, or what God thinks about you. Can I tell you, he loves you so much that there's grace and mercy found in Jesus. And, and he wants to come to you today and say, look, yeah, you deserve this, but you're not gonna get what you deserve. You're gonna get what you don't deserve. And that's what the cross is about. That's how it it shook down on the cross. That's what Jesus did for us. So we go from Friday to Sunday. Number three, talk about the resurrection. The resurrection validates truth. Luke 24, 1 through 8. We already read it. I'm going to read it again. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while you were still with him in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And let me just submit to you today, and maybe you're visiting with us today, you don't attend here regularly, we believe in the Bible. People ask, hey, what's your church believe? The Bible. Hey, what's your church about? The Bible. Hey, what's your pastor teach? The Bible. So we're not going to argue that with you. And so I know it's easy on an Easter Sunday to read a story like this and go, oh, that's just folklore. That's just a fairy tale. That didn't really happen. It happened. It happened. The the cross is empty and the tomb's empty because he's he's up there coming back for us at some point. And so think about this just for a second. The the resurrection of Jesus Christ validates our truth. It validates truth because we live in a society where truth is an obscure idea, right? And we all hang out with people who... Yeah, well, you're a Christian, okay, well, this, that, the other. Well, God, Jesus wasn't really born of a virgin. And and do you really think that he rose from the grave after being in there for three days? And do you really think that he's coming back for us one day? And, and, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I believe that part where where God's going to take care of me and watch over me. But I really don't believe that part about, you know, and, and we live in a culture that just takes bits and pieces of the Bible. The resurrection validates our truth. And the truth of the matter is Jesus died for our sins because God loved us so much they put him in a grave and he rose from that grave on the third day and that's why we're celebrating Easter today and that's why I have to tell some of you Merry Christmas because I won't see you again till Christmas service. (laughs) But you're here today, aren't you? You're here today, and there's something in you that knows that you know that you know there's something to this story. It's the greatest story ever. It's Easter because it's true. Easter validates, the resurrection validates truth. It does. So, well, is there really tr- is there truth? Is there really truth? You know, again, a generation's being raised, universities are teaching. You know, okay, well, you believe what you want to believe, but as long as you believe it, it's true. And if you believe it enough, then it's good. And if you're a good person, all roads lead to heaven. That's just not what the Bible says. The truth of the matter is Jesus came out of that grave so that we could. He overcame the world so we could overcome the world. I used this illustration before, but think about this just for a second. Think about this. If if you leave here today and you go to, to the festivities that we have and then you're walking out towards your car and there's an elderly person that's walking across the street and there's a Mack truck coming down the street and you see the guy in the Mack truck texting and doesn't see the person walking across the street and, and you have an opportunity to save that person from getting hit by that truck. Let me ask you a question. True or False. Should you help them? Should you let them get run over? So there is a true and there is a false. Right? And it's just, we know that. We know that. And the world tries to take that from us. The resurrection validates truth. And, And when you wake up on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, you go into workplace or you go into the university or you go to school or you go hang out or you go do whatever you do, there is a confidence that can come with you when you say, you know what? I'm not going to shove it down your throat. I, I'm not going to beat you over the head of the Bible, but I know what I believe. I believe this book, and, and this book validates what I believe to be true, and I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to love you no matter what, but I'm going to walk in that truth. I, I'm gonna, and, and it almost kind of gives you this um, spiritual swagger Right now, and, and swagger's not pride, right? It, that's not swagger's not prideful. I ask Kentucky Wildcats about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, sorry. So, so, so here, here's the here's the idea. I clothe myself in truth. The truth comes from the Word of God, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ validates truth. Number four, the resurrection gives hope. Luke 24, 9-12, when they came back from the tomb, they, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told the apostles. But they did, not, they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, check this out. Here comes these ladies. In Jewish tradition, they have the spices. They're going to anoint the body. They're going to get Jesus's body ready to be permanently entombed. The stones rolled away. Jesus is not in there. There's there's a few clothes he left behind. And then here here we go. And then we read it earlier. The angels show up and talk to you. Why are you looking for the living among uh, uh, the the de- living among the dead? And then all this is breaking down. And so everything happens in such a rapid rate that these ladies run back to where everybody's hiding out. Because you know they're hiding out, right? Because the the one they've been following for the past three, three and a half years just got crucified in front of all of Jerusalem. And so they're like, we're next. And so we're going to kind of lay low just a tad. And so they're laying low. These ladies come back and start telling the apostles and everybody that was around them what's going on. And so you you got to gotta think just for a moment. And I hope you read the Bible like this. I hope you don't read the Bible out of duty. I hope you read it and you allow the creativeness of God's Word to enter your brain and think about it just for a second. So you got to see this just for a second, right? They're running back. So they just met two guys who shone like lightning, and they're glowing probably from the lightning, and they, they run back, and they're like... Doo-doo! Oh, the tomb's empty. Hey, and, and by the way, hey, we met these two guys and he told us about Jesus and he told us he's alive and he's alive. He's not there. And they're listening to all this and they're like, they don't believe it because it seemed like nonsense. But guess who did what? Peter. I love Peter. What's Peter do? Peter is grasping for hope. Who denied Jesus three times? Right? Who, who, who cut the ear off in the garden? Who did Jesus say to, get behind me, Satan? Peter is a quite interesting person. Can't wait to meet him in heaven. So everybody else is trying to assess whether or not what these people are saying is true, is it not true, is it true, is it not true, is it true, is it not true? Peter. All Peter gets from what these ladies are saying is a glimmer of hope. Grasping, hope springs eternal. Hope. All of a sudden, some somewhere, somehow, some way, Peter thinks, "Hey, maybe what he told me is for real. Maybe." Oh, wait a minute. I remember telling him. Oh, he told me this was gonna. Oh, and what's Peter do? Runs. He runs. He, he runs straight to the, the last place that he knows Jesus would be. And he runs. And he runs to the tomb. And Peter finds the same thing the women found. And there's Peter looking at an empty tomb. Hope. Maybe you're here today and life has dealt you a bad deal. I mean, you, seriously. And you've and you, you found yourself living days in a row without hope. Can I tell you? You hope in these things of this world that's going to let you down, but you can always hope in Jesus. You can find hope in Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says some men hope in chariots, some in horses, but I'm going to put my hope in the name of the Lord. You can find hope there. If you're here today and you're depressed, discouraged, addicted, you can find hope in Jesus Christ. And he's just waiting. God's just waiting on you to, to just douse you with some hope. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. If you lose hope in an area of your life, it's a sad area. I've been there. All of us have been there probably. And God would say today, find hope in Jesus. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by himself. And watch this. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. And you hear a lot of people maybe preach, oh, you just accept Jesus and everything's going to be okay. You just have a little hope and everything's... Peter didn't just start dancing all of a sudden. See, that's what hope will do for you. When you let a little bit of hope in, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you, you know, problems and bills and everything else are still there on Monday morning, but you don't have to walk through that stuff alone. Peter saw the empty tomb, and he started to have a, a, a moment. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Just started just rubbing his chin a little bit going. And he walked away wondering what had happened. Maybe, maybe the soldiers took his body, Peter's probably thinking. Maybe, maybe, you know, somebody robbed the tomb, maybe this, that, or the other. But maybe, just maybe, Jesus rose again. And we know if we look at Peter throughout the next few weeks of his life, you know, he encounters Jesus. And Jesus reinstates him and tells him some really unhappy things that are going to happen to him down the road. But we, And so this this fast forwards to where Peter is then writing in 1 Peter 1.3. Now this is the same Peter who denied Jesus. This is the same Peter who ran to the tomb. Now after seeing Jesus... While he's fishing, hanging out with him on the beach, cooking some fish. Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Feed my sheep. He, and he reinstates him. Peter goes on to, to just be an amazing evangelist, planting church, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And Peter writes this. Peter writes this through his own experience. I want you to get this. Don't miss this. And this is later in Peter's life. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy... He has given us new birth into a a what? A living hope. A living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I mean, that that makes me want to walk on clouds. Because I've staked my life on this. You, You think about this. You call yourself a Christian. You got Peter that screwed up. You got Peter that found the empty tomb. You got Peter that saw Jesus come back. After he was raised from the grave, you got Peter who you know is is going to be a martyr. And then you got Peter writing this letter and he writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. So he's not far into writing yet. Right. So, you know, anybody that's going to write a letter to somebody, you got to you got to read the beginning and the end. Right. And, and so he's going to say what's on his heart very quickly. And Peter says, praise be to the God, the father of Lord, Jesus Christ, in his great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's awesome. Hope. Hope springs eternal in Jesus if you're here today and you're, you're out of hope, if the gauge on your hope meter is on empty, or maybe it doesn't even work anymore because it's been so long since you hoped for something, can I tell you you can hope in Jesus? Please, please, please don't lose hope. There's something to hope for. Last thing. The resurrection offers a chance for a new start. Luke 24, 12. We just read it. Peter, Peter however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over he he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. I don't know about you, but I've been in seasons of my life where I just need a new start. I, I went to church growing up and I, I got far away from the Lord. And I remember, I remember the very moment that I realized I needed a change in my life. I needed a new start because what I was doing wasn't working at all. If you, you look at this next scripture, and this is a, the awesome thing about the cross, Friday to Sunday, the cross to the resurrection. My Bible tells me when I, when I put my faith in Jesus, therefore, if anyone, and I'm assuming I'm in that anyone, is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. A new start. There's nothing else. In this world, they can offer you a new start. There's no other religion, if you will, which I don't think Christianity is a religion. I think it's a journey and a way of life. There, there's there's nothing else that can say, you know what? If I put my, if I believe this book is real and I put my faith, I get a new start. I get a do over. I get a reset. I get I get to push the reset button on my life. Does that fix everything? Absolutely not. But. It does give you the confidence that you're walking with God and not without God. A new start. I had a friend of mine, I was up here yesterday for a bit, and I had a friend of mine who just got a new car. Praise God. Some of you are like, I wish I could get a new car. Well, drop that attitude, and you might get one. (laughs) I mean, I love when people get new cars. Like, he's like, hey, man, come here and let me show you how good God is. And I, I'm like, I didn't know what he was talking about at first. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, like, he's walking me outside. And, and then he goes, I got a new car. And I'm like, awesome. But I couldn't see it because a tree was blocking it. And then when I saw what kind of car it was, I was like, awesome. It's an SUV, actually. And so we went out there and he opened the door. And it had that wonderful new car smell. You know what I'm talking about? For guys, that's like... Uh, going to pass out up here. Sweet, man, the leather still. I mean, we, we all love newness. I mean, even when you, if you go get your car detailed, they'll ask you, do you want any freshener in your car? And, and I always say, yeah, new car smell. Yeah. And we all know, but the new car smell doesn't last, does it? All of you who have toddlers or who have had toddlers or kids... You know, sucker under the seat, French fries between the seat. Get in. It smells like gym shoes. Or, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my, what's going? On? Roll the windows down. Roll them down quick. Yeah, the it, it, new car smell doesn't last. But here's the great thing about the Bible, where it says the old is gone and the new is come. Is spiritually, when we accept Jesus Christ, our spirit is made new, and it's been it's made new forever. And yeah, sometimes we get away from God, God didn't go anywhere, I can assure you. It's us. Sometimes we we, we kind of wander off a little bit. But The awesome thing about a new start with God is at any moment, anywhere, anytime, you can do like Peter did twice, one at the tomb, and one when they were fishing. You can run back to Jesus, you can throw, throw, throw your face on the ground, and say, Lord, I'm sorry I've been away from you. And all of a sudden, that new that newness of your your refreshing it's refreshing and it just comes back on you and that my friend is the one of the most awesome things about my own life is being able to go to God and say lord i need you right now i need to be refreshed i need you i need my spirit to be refreshed could you please come and it happens so maybe you're here today man you say you know what i need a new start my spirit needs a little bit of that New spirit smell. It's called salvation. It's called salvation. Salvation's a faith issue. Nobody can pray for you and, and set you up. It's your decision. It's what you do with your faith. And God says it very plainly in his word that the only way to spend eternity with him in heaven is through putting your faith in the fact that Jesus Christ is the true son of God. He's the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He took our death and sin on the cross. Friday had to happen so Sunday could happen. And he rose from the grave on the third day. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever see many of you ever again. I hope I will. But I'd be a terrible pastor if I didn't ask you that question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you need a new start? Do you need a do-over? Do you need a friend? You're here today. so said, Jason, you don't know what I've done. No, but what you've done is called history. Tomorrow is called the future. And so right now, this very moment, you have an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus and hit the redo, reset button and move forward in what God has for you. Would you bow your heads all over this place? So, Jason, that's me, man. I'm I'm realizing right now I I need to hit that button. I need to hit that button, and at this very moment, I'm realizing that. If you're here today and you say, just like so many people in the first three services said, you know what I need to do, I need a new start in my life. If that's you and you're here today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you and I want to rejoice with you. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm just stoked to be a part of your your journey. If that's you, right where you're sitting, no one's moving unless you have to and no one's looking around. If that's you, would you slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand, man. That's awesome. Anyone else? So I need a new I need Jesus in my life. I've got some things going on that I need help with. And I'm realizing right now, I see your hand, bro. That's awesome. I see your hand, man, Thank you. Anyone else before we pray? I'm so proud of you guys. I want to pray with you. When I'm done praying, some point today, go out. Go out to one of our tents, grab a Bible and a devotion. And um, if you're not comfortable doing that, you can email startingpoint@thecoastlinechurch.com, and uh, somebody will get you a Bible and, and send you an email back. But right now, at this very moment, would you pray with me? Father, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your only son to die for me. And right now, in my heart, I'm confessing, I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, that Jesus Christ took my death and sin to the cross, and that Jesus Christ was placed in the grave. And I believe with all my heart, he rose from that grave on the third day. And he's in heaven today. He's coming back for me one day. So right now, God, I thank you for a new start. I thank you that the old is gone and the new is coming. I thank you for your love and your grace, and your mercy that's flooding my soul right now. Lord, uh, give me the boldness to go by and grab a Bible and, and talk with someone or send that email. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you. Hey.